This is the Who's Your Ag Today Thursday podcast on the 15th of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller. And the Hat Podcast is made possible by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com for more and stop in your local branch to find out more. Coming up in the news, a big new combine on the floor of the National Farm Machinery Show, which opened yesterday. And we're losing farms in the U.S., according to the new Census of Ag. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin details upcoming precipitation for our state. And yesterday, ag markets all moved lower. Tom Fritz checks in with analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, culture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Big new equipment on the floor at the National Farm Machinery Show, and over 3,000 farms lost here in Indiana over the last five years. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The National Farm Machinery Show kicked off yesterday in Louisville. C.J. Miller was there. He shares a big new attraction from the event. C.J.? Well, Eric, big may not be the right word to describe this new Case IH AF11 combine, which is making its debut here at the National Farm Machinery Show. Leo Bose is the harvest marketing lead with Case IH and details the power behind their huge new combine. We do have a C516 corn head hooked to this, so 16 rows, 30-inch row spacing. It all starts with that corn head for capacity, but it doesn't stop there. We go to the grain tank, 567 bushel grain tank capacity unload that grain tank at over six bushels per second unload rate and within a hundred seconds I can get that grain tank unloaded so we don't stop there that engine is 775 horsepower so that power plant is really putting that power where we need it. How soon will Case IH's new AF11 combine be available through your local dealership? So later this summer we'll actually have an order writing program that customers will be able to work with their local dealer and then we look at limited production for 2025. When it comes to the overall inventory of Case IH's new equipment and replacement parts, Bo says that their supply chain is back on track. For Case IH, that's pretty much, I would say, in our rear view mirror. Now, as you look forward, there may be those hiccups here once in a while, but for us, we don't see that as an issue because our supply base is pretty broad when we look at who we're pulling in and who we're using. So for us, it really hasn't, I would say, it's leveled off from probably three to four years ago. Read more and see photos of Case IH's humongous new AF11 combine at HoosierAgToday.com and the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app. From the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, 
I'm C.J. Miller. All right, C.J., thanks. USDA released their 2022 Census of Agriculture this week. This survey is essentially asking the critical question of whether as a country are we okay with losing that many farms? Are we okay with losing that much farmland? Or is there a better way? And that's Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack who says some of the results were concerning. In 2017, when we did the survey, there were 2,042,220 farms. Today, the survey reports we have 1,900,487 farms. So doing a little quick math, that's 142,000 fewer farms in five years. The survey tells us that in 2017, we had well a little over 900 million acres of land and farming. Five years later, we have 880 million acres. So we've lost 20 million acres. And Vilsack puts the number of acres into perspective. That's every New England state, with the exception of Connecticut, in five years. I want to give you a sense of how many farms that is. I ran across a report done by Secretary of Agriculture Bob Berglund in 1981. He was expressing concern about the direction of agriculture because we had changed the method of support, a direction of support for American agriculture. Well, if you look at the number of farms that were in existence when he issued that warning and compare it to today, we've lost 535,000 farms. Now, that's every farm today in the following states. In North Dakota and South Dakota, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, in Illinois and Iowa, in Nebraska and Oklahoma and Missouri and Colorado. The data shows that here in Indiana, we've lost just over 3,000 farms since the 2017 survey. Indiana did come out of the survey as the number one producer in the nation of popcorn, gourds, and duck. See where else Indiana ranked at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop dash insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Not much change in our forecast here today. We're going to be dealing with a disturbance moving across the Hoosier State all day long. Little clipper system. Clouds are here for sure, and we're going to be seeing some on-again, off-again moisture. Light stuff all the way from southern Indiana up through. The best chance for slightly higher totals will be in northern tier counties of Indiana. At this point, I'm going to allow for rain, wet snow, spits, sprinkles, flurries. Uh, We can have pretty much everything with the cool air in here the way we have it. I do think, though, the predominant nature of precipitation is going to be liquid, cold liquid, but 
liquid still. We see this come to an end late this afternoon and evening. We try and pause and break up a little bit with the cloud cover overnight tonight into early tomorrow. And then another wave of moisture sags across southern Indiana as we move through tomorrow late afternoon, evening, and overnight into early Saturday. That round of moisture also looks very, very minor. Could be more towards snow flurries than anything else as colder air comes in and takes control. Canadian air is going to dominate for Friday afternoon through Saturday and Sunday at this point. We should see sunshine for Saturday midday and afternoon and also Sunday so that's going to help the cool air feel just a little better and then temperatures moderate early next week Monday Tuesday Wednesday we should be back to normal and above normal levels here with sunshine we have a monster storm system trying to kick out of the four corners region and move across the central and southern plains next week it takes aim at us for Thursday and Friday rain and thunderstorms we could end up with about 80 to 90 percent coverage across the state but I'll tell you right now the track is still a little uncertain. These tracks have been trending to the west and north with each round of new data, so we'll watch that over the next few days. And we're also then seeing a mild air try and hold for the balance of next week into the following weekend, but cold air is pooling not too far to the north, so it could be closer to a game-time decision as to whether or not we stay above normal on temperatures late next Friday afternoon through Saturday and Sunday, the weekend of the 24th and 25th. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. A sell-off as the picture right now looks pretty bleak for the grains and oil seeds. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review. Settlements on the way from a lower day all day, but first market analysis. And I grabbed that at the end of trade from Tom Fritz in Chicago at EFG Group. Tom, we have lots of red on the board, corn, soybeans, and wheat all lower, double-digit losses in beans and wheat, and new life of contract lows in corn. It's not a real pretty picture here in the middle of the week. By saying it's a not pretty picture, uh, you're being too kind. It's an ugly picture. Um, you know, corn, it had been grinding south. Well, the grinding matter fell out of bed today. You know, at one point, uh, let's see, March corn goes home uh, six and a half lower, and that's two cents off its low. It's been a while since we've seen an eight and a half cent loss in corn on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, to pump out new lows the way it did today, uh, bull spreads have been trying to work here a little bit. They give up the ship. So, uh, no, it's uh, not a pretty picture. And, you know, you're trying to figure out what prompts it. You know, you'd like to, you know, find some rationale. And, you know, a lot of folks are saying, well, it's the trend of the dollar. Well, the dollar's been trending higher since the beginning of the year. Uh, in fact, the uh, trend of the dollar has been moving higher for, oh, what is it? Um, yeah, since uh, late December. So, you know, to say, oh, it's the strength of the dollar. Well, that's easy to say. It's been strong for the last month and a half. Um, I do think the wheat market had something to do with it. Uh, you know, the wheat market had, uh, you know, bigger losses here today. Uh, the news out of the wheat market is, well, it's mostly global news. Um, reports out of Ukraine, uh, they're exporting uh, grain, whether it be wheat or corn, at a pace not seen since uh, Russia invaded. So it's kind of like, okay, uh, Russia invaded, exports, you know, came to a halt, got iffy. And now Ukraine is back to exporting like nothing ever happened. Uh, France talks about uh, wheat stocks at a 19-year high. Um, Savikon, a uh, Russian ag agency, 
came out and said, uh, looks like the 24 wheat crop is going to be 93 million tons and change. Uh, yesterday or the day before, I don't know, within the last uh, 48 hours, uh, an agency within Russia came out and said, okay, we're raising our quota for grain exports between now and when uh, the new crop becomes available by 4 million tons. So, you know, you look at all this news. Um, sure, the U.S. has a decent export campaign uh, for soft red wheat, as evidenced by the uh, Chicago wheat spreads uh, inverting here March to May, but we're not seeing any new business. So I think what happens here is, okay, we're drawing down soft red wheat stocks to ship to China based on the sales we did uh, a while back, but we don't have anything new to look at, and so that's why the flat price is coming down. Um, it was interesting. Uh, yesterday, Minneapolis wheat fell into new contract lows. Um, Kansas City wheat was, uh, you know, targeting the old lows. And Chicago wheat was nothing but a trading range. Well, okay, Minneapolis wheat continues to make new contract lows today. Kansas City wheat moves into new contract low ground. And now you've got Chicago wheat challenging the low side of the uh, trading range that it's been in for months now. So it's kind of like, eh, eh. Uh, Soybeans. You know, harvesting is happening in Brazil. I want to say uh, they're probably at about 25% done right now. Uh, the weather, it's okay for the remaining soybean crop. They're getting uh, second crop corn planted in a very timely manner. Uh, six weeks ago, they were afraid that uh, second season corn wouldn't get planted in a timely manner. Well, now it's the fastest start to second season corn planting that they've ever seen. Uh, the weather in Argentina, they had some wonderful moisture uh, over the previous number of days. A little bit of a dry spell coming at them again, but not with the heat uh, that we saw in late January, early February. Uh, and there is rain in the extended forecast for Argentina. So, you know, okay, we've got European news that weighs on the wheat market, European export news that weighs on corn, meaning Ukraine. Um, you know, the crops in South America, um, it looks like we're going to have some decent crop sizes. Uh, so, you know, you put all this together and, you know, where's the impetus for uh, higher price? You could say, well, the spec is too short. Well, we've been saying that for a while now. And he just gets shorter. In fact, in corn, he's challenging precedented levels of uh, net short positions that we haven't that were set back in uh, April of 2019. So, okay, another thing to look forward to, uh, and it's not pretty. Uh, tomorrow morning, the USDA uh, hosts their annual outlook conference, and uh, they give us their ideas, their opinions, if you will on what we're going to see for uh, the upcoming season's uh, acreage. And this is not a survey by any means. This is just, you know, the heads of uh, the USDA, the different departments, uh, you know, putting their thoughts down on what they think we're going to see for acres. And a lot of it's based on, uh, you know, how the market has acted over the last number of months. And, uh, you know, okay, back in November, uh, they came out with their baseline projections, and it basically called for lower corn acres, more bean acres. But, uh, you know, now we're going to really see how that comes out. But uh, the Newswires did do a survey uh, earlier this week, late last week. And uh, just from one of the prominent Newswires, uh, they're suggesting corn acres are going to be off 3 million. 
production is going to be off 257 million bushels, yet the carryout is going to rise by 321 million bushels, uh, just shy of 2.5 billion bushels. There's absolutely nothing bullish about that. Uh, soybeans, acres planted, uh, the uh, trade guesses looking for a 3.1 million acre increase, uh, anticipating production to rise by 262 million bushels. Ending stocks, a whopping 420 million bushels. That's that's 105 million bushels greater than our current uh, 315. So, you know, in so what does the new crop? If these numbers come to fruition, what does the new crop have to look forward to? Not much. Uh, wheat, uh, okay. Uh, we've already seen winter wheat numbers, and they're expected to be off. I believe it's either 2.224 million acres or 2.4 million acres. I forget which. Too many numbers rolling around in my head, but it's two point something. And uh, right now, uh, these guys are suggesting total wheat planted down just 2.1 million acres, uh, production up 80 million acres, and the carryout's going to rise by 62 million acres. So, you know, you you look around what's available that says, you know, what would prompt some short covering? Well, now maybe the USDA will throw a curveball at us tomorrow. Um, you know, trying to second guess the USDA, I've always said, is a lesson in frustration. But uh, right now, I think everybody will agree markets are pretty ugly. Uh, I think we've gone through some uh, pretty important support points. I did not want to see March corn go below 425. Uh, well, we traded 22 and a quarter and we closed to 24 and a quarter and bear spreads are working. Uh, wheat, Chicago wheat, it's challenging the uh, low side of its months old trading range. Yet Kansas City wheat and Minneapolis wheat is a new contract low ground. And historically, they are the leaders of uh, the wheat market, whether the wheat market's going up or down. So here it says it's going down. Soybeans, I didn't want to see soybeans close below 1175. Made a low at 68 and a quarter. Here we are at 1170 and a half. This is targeting something closer to 1140 now. Uh, the meal market uh, is barely holding its uh, recent uh, lows at uh, what was it, 241 and change. Soybean oil at best is a uh, consolidating market. So, you know, bottom line, I'm I'm looking for some help here, and I'm just not finding it. Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago. Now Wednesday settlements: March corn 4.24 and a quarter, losing six and a half cents. May down six 4.37 and a quarter. March beans 11.70 and a half, down 15 and three quarters. 15 and a half lower on the May contract, 11.76 and a quarter. And March wheat 5.85 and a half, losing 12 cents. Meats mixed, April live cattle, 184 even, down $1.10. But the April lean hog contract popped up $3.45, going to $84.52. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.